Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. All right, excited to have Daniel Moore on the Titanium Vault today. Daniel, how are you doing? Doing excellent, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So Daniel is the co-founder of Propelio, and we're going to go into more about that later on in the episode. But Daniel, first, I want to start off with talking about what it is you do in real estate investing and how you got started. Well, currently right now, I'm, I'm sourcing and looking pro predominantly for seven-figure-plus deals. I mean, I'm looking for the really big properties where I can only do you know one or two a year, but pull a really good return. Like I just closed a 60,000 square foot commercial warehouse. I'm under contract right now for eight, an eight figure deal of a land property. So I'm really looking for a land investment on that one. But really anything that's uh, a much bigger deal where I can pull a seven figure return. Uh, that's, where, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm focusing right now. But that's a far ways away from where I was 10 years ago when I first got started in this business. So let's so, start there. Let's go back to 10 years ago when you got started and walk us through how you got started and, and how you've progressed all the way to where now you're doing eight-figure deals. Well, um, the very first one that I that I had ever done, I have to rewind off of that a little bit, and I tried starting a moving company and doing some moving whenever I was about 18, 19, 20 years old and messed my back up good. I mean, by the time I was done moving, I, I, was, I was beat and... Through that time, I started reading some books about how other financially independent people made their wealth, and it almost always pointed back to real estate. So I got the real estate bug at a really young age. I was probably intrigued by real estate by the time I was 21, 22, and I pulled my trigger on my very first property when I was about 23, and I'm not really good with dates and stuff like that, but uh, reading books is, is an awesome opportunity to, to kind of gather some information, but at the same time, it doesn't really give you the real-world education that you need when you're out there in the field. And at 23 years old, I found the very first property that I wanted to do. It was a, um, it was an, actually a townhome. It was a two-bed, two-bath townhome uh, in the middle of downtown Dallas, right out there by the old east side of downtown. And it went vacant. The entire, the entire neighborhood went vacant overnight. The property was owned by a landlord that went into foreclosure. So now there's 27 townhomes that or 110% vacant right there by downtown Dallas. So it didn't take long before everything was vandalized. Right. And that was the very first property I'd ever looked at. And at the time, I didn't know what hard money loans were. I didn't know what private capital was. So I called up the, the real estate agent on that property. This was about 2007, 2008-ish. Okay. And I called up, I called up a uh, landlord, or I didn't call up the landlord. I called the real estate agent up, and the real estate agent says, well, are you pre-approved to buy? And they end up getting me in touch with my mortgage banker. And the mortgage banker's like, yeah, you're pre-approved for to, to buy up to like seventy, eighty thousand dollars, and the home was only listed for like forty-four. So I'm sitting here thinking it's a slam dunk. I got this house, and we go through the appraisal process and everything else, and the appraiser comes out there and he's looking at the house. This house has no windows, no front doors, no air conditioning, no hot water heater, no electrical panel. All the copper has been stolen out of it. The roof has been cut open. It wow. is a it is it is a shack. And the appraiser's like, 
you know, we can't loan on this. You have to have all of those things here before we can do a loan. You have to have windows. You have to have, you know, everything I just rattled off. You have to right. have all that before we can do a loan. So I'm, I'm sitting here freaking out. Um, but I knew this was an opportunity, and I wanted to take it. So at the time, I was living in Watauga, which is about a 45-minute to an hour drive from where I was at. Yeah. And I was renting. I was renting. And at the time, I was only making like 12 bucks an hour, so I wasn't wealthy by any means. My, my, my bright idea at that age was I, I got a list of repairs back from the lender, and the, the repairs said, you know, you need to fix all of that stuff. And my bright idea at that age was, well, okay, I'll go ahead and take all my stuff out of storage, or I'll take all my stuff out of my rental, put it in storage, bail on my lease with my rental, and I'm going to move into this REO in the middle of winter. So quite literally, middle of winter, I don't own the house. It's still an REO. I move in. And I move into the hot water heater closet of this house. And over the next two, three, four weeks, I'm in there getting the electrical fixed, getting the, getting the windows replaced, getting, getting the hot water heater installed, getting the air conditioning system functional. I did all of that to a house that I never owned. Wow. And three to four weeks into it, I, I call my bank up and I'm like, hey, all the repairs that you wanted to be made have been made. Uh, let's send another appraiser out there. And so they send the appraiser back out there, the original one. And he comes out there and he takes a look at it. And he's like, well... You know, I wouldn't want to live here because I, I, by no means did I rehab the house. I just took care of their list. It looked like crap in there. But with their, with their list taken care of, um, I was able to get the loan. And from that point forward, you know, I took that one, rolled it into another one, rolled it into another one, rolled it into another one. And uh, by the time I hit property number four, I lost a big chunk of change, rolled out of that one, and I went to reading. Went to reading and through reading, I started, you know, thinking maybe multifamily was the bug I should have. And I tried buying an 83-unit apartment complex when I was like 25 or 26 years old. I got it into escrow, um, got all that rolling, but ended up not getting to close that one. So I lost my earnest on that one. I lost that deal. So even though I did really good on my first one, I cashed almost a six-figure check on my first deal, uh, rolled it into another one, into another one, into another one. And inside of about a year and a half to two years, I had almost a quarter million dollars by the time I was 25, 26. And then from there, uh, tried buying that apartment complex, tried buy and then I lost the money on that one house and almost lost every single bit of it. I mean, I went from there back down to about 90 to 100 grand. So I hit a really big loss back right. to back to back there. I wasn't happy. <laughs> I wasn't happy at all. Right. So, so what, all of those deals that you were doing, were those all rehabs? Were any of those buy and holds? Were they single family, multifamily? What were you doing when you were just going deal through deal? Everything up until that point was single-family rehabs. I knew nothing about rentals. I knew nothing about investing it really as a whole. I was buying from wholesalers. I was buying from real estate agents. But when you really start breaking down the business, I had no clue what an investor was or how an investor operated. I came from a construction background. So my background was I could look at a house and I could tell how much it would take to fix it. But I couldn't tell you what it would be worth. So I was really depending upon wholesalers and depending upon agents to tell me what these homes would be worth. And that's really where I got myself burned on property number four was I, I believed the wholesaler that told me that it would be worth X. And I didn't have enough intelligence to know better. And that's where I burned myself on property number four. And then after being, being burnt on it, that's property number four or five. And then after being burnt on that, I tried jumping straight into an 83-unit apartment complex once again with no true knowledge about what I was doing. But even with that being said, I was able to get it under contract. I was able to uh, get through escrow. I was able to source a key principal to back me for the loan. But everything, as we got towards the closing table, the key principal's um, better half started putting the brakes on things, and I, I, I lost that deal as well. So going off those two big losses, it was a, it was a bit of an eye-opener for me. So it's safe to say 
the abundance mindset is not difficult for you to come by, though. It sounds to me like you immediately wanted to to take over and dominate the market as soon as you got into investing. Is that correct? I would say that is that is very correct. I mean, I was a very ambitious young man. I wanted to I wanted to be a retired multimillionaire by the time I was thirty, and I was doing what I thought I needed to do to do it. And uh, I was taking some really hard hard lessons going through that phase, but it was lessons I was willing to take. So after you made it through that phase, what happened next? Where did you go from there? So um, I mentioned that I, I picked up books. You know, I'd pick up books to try and educate myself on what I needed to learn next. And if you ever go into a library or a bookstore and you go into the financial freedom section, you're always going to find books about real estate. And one of the biggest books you'll always find in that area are Robert Kiyosaki's series of Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. So I, I became very familiar with, with, with his philosophies and things of that nature. And then my wife calls me up one day and she's like, hey, I got an email from Robert Kiyosaki and he's coming to town and he's doing you know, a, a free event. Maybe we should go. And as naive as we were back in those days, we were really thinking we got an email from Robert Kiyosaki inviting us to come to one That's of his awesome. events. <laughs> so awesome. we went... Yeah, so we went to one of those little, you know, three-hour uh, classes that sold you on a three-day course, and so we went ahead and bought the three-day course. It was like 199 bucks, and honestly, that was a really good, good thing for me because I didn't know what short sales were. I didn't know what some of the creative financing models were. I didn't see the power of the leverage and everything else like that. I was, I was a very naive young man. I didn't understand the business at all. So going to that three-day class with Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad at that time, I believe they were calling. I believe it was Rich Dad Education. Um, I was exposed to a lot of things I'd never heard of. I'd bought from wholesalers, but I didn't even know what a wholesaler did. I didn't understand how a wholesaler operated. I just bought from them. So going to that three-day class, I learned a lot. And ultimately, going to the three-day class, I bought their their training package. And I got a training package from Rich Dad. And I can't give you exact timelines because I'm bad with times. But uh, within about six to eight months, I achieved. my wife and I had achieved the... Uh, the Rich Dad Hall of Fame for 2013. So out of all of the students enrolled in their programs, my wife and I were selected as one of a very select few number of people that were awarded the Hall of Fame for that year. And we achieved that through basically retiring ourselves in about six to eight months. So what were you doing to achieve that? Were you wholesaling, rehabbing? What were you doing to, to achieve the Hall of Fame? Uh, essentially, if you're familiar with the game of um, cash flow, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game, um, I, I really analyzed my my financials and going through all those flips and doing all that stuff. I got I guess what you'd call hood rich. I mean I grew up extremely poor. I grew up in in some in some unusual situations, and this is the first time in my life I'd ever saw money. So I had you know the the twelve acre ranch with a thirty five hundred square foot house for my wife and myself to live in. No kids. Got the cars. Got the thirty thousand dollar stereo system. I got all this toys. And I started looking at how that was affecting me. And so what I did at that point in time, I was still a full, full-time employee at that time. Uh, I, I liquidated most all of my assets, sold off my ranch, sold off my car, sold off my stereo system, sold off all the stuff that I could liquidate and said, you know what, I'm quitting my job. And we backed out of the job. And once we backed out of the job, um, I was doing everything I could to get going, and I was trying to do wholesaling. I was trying to do rehabs. I was trying to do all those different kinds of things, and I wasn't really becoming successful. And I started seeing, you know, my, my bank accounts starting to dwindle even more and more and more. And then finally, I just buckled down and said, "This is what I need to do." So what I did is I paid twelve hundred dollars cash for a mobile home out in the middle, out in the middle of nowhere, 
and uh, lot rents on the mobile home park. I moved into a mobile home park, and lot rents was like $225 a month. So I went from needing $7,000 a month to survive to, to debt service all of my loans, going down to being loan-free, living in a mobile home for 250 bucks a month, plus just living expenses. Plus, I had a semi-decent bank account at the time. So what I did from there is I started buying more and more mobile homes. Um, as I started buying more and more mobile homes, I'd buy them, I'd turn around and owner finance them on a note, and I'd use that note as cash flow, and I just started buying notes or, buy, or trading notes using mobile homes. So in a very short period of time, I went from needing 7000 a month to survive to needing really about 2000 a month to survive, and I was able to really fast, really quickly uh, owner finance some mobile homes and create an excess of $2,000 a month in passive income. And that's predominantly why we were able to achieve the, um, the Rich Dad Hall of Fame. Throughout that time, we're still doing some rehabs and some wholesales, but it was really the mobile homes that retired me at that early wow. of an age, financially retired. Amazing. That's a great story. So are you still doing mobile homes now, or, or is that something that you stopped eventually? I stopped doing mobile homes about a year and a half ago, and that was mostly because um, I really broke down everything I was doing in my business, and there's many different ways to make money in real estate, many, many, many different ways to make money in real estate, and I looked at all of them, and I said, which ones do I enjoy, which ones do I don't, which ones make me the most money, which ones are the most time-consuming, and I really narrowed it down to, I really enjoy rehabbing, rehabbing makes me a lot of money, I'm tired of doing everything else, so if it's not a rehab, then I'm not doing it, so I really moved straight into doing nothing but rehabs, and rehab Essentially, my, my criteria for rehab is I need 15000 per month. I'm on a deal, triple net every month. So if I've got a deal that's going to take me a month to do it, I need 15000 triple net on it. After I pay everything off, I need fifteen grand on it. If, it's going to, if I'm going to be on that deal for three months, I need forty-five grand triple net. And so I really started nitpicking what I was buying because in 2015, I did 67 houses across multiple strategies, but it almost killed me. I mean, I was, I was busting balls every single day out there doing this. And then in 2016, I only did 23 houses, but in 2016, I made more money than I did in, seven, in, in 15. And then going into this year, I mean, I started once again looking at this all over again. It's like, all right, I, it took me 23 properties last year, but I only made X amount of dollars. And when I say only X amount of dollars, many people would be okay with the, the money I made, but I'm wanting to get further and faster. So I started saying, what can I do to, to take this to the next level? And so early, early this year, end of last year, end of last year, I did a, a, a million-dollar new construction project, did a really nice payday on it, and I was like, I liked that payday. I'm tired of doing these fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar deals where I'm making thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. You know, this new construction project I made, you know, several hundred thousand on one deal. So I was like, what can I do to start moving into deals where I'm doing seven figure, eight figure, nine figure deals? I haven't made it to nine figures yet, but instead of making hundreds of thousands of dollars on a deal, I'm making millions on the deal. And that's really where my focus has gone over the last year, is just moving into million dollar deals. Well, it's funny because just hearing your story for five minutes, I mentioned you don't struggle with the abundance mindset. But what I love about what you just told me was is it wasn't about the fact that you did 60-something properties in 2015. You enjoyed doing fewer properties the next year, but you made more money. And so often I'm asked, how many properties have you wholesaled or rehabbed last year in the past 12 months? And I always tell them, I don't know, I don't keep track of that. But I can tell you how much money I've made. Uh, that's, that's the whole reason why we do this. And for me, I don't 
I don't care about the volume of properties, but it's more about how much money am I making and how is that impacting the growth of my business. So uh, I think that's very valuable information to look at, the fact that more properties, less money, almost killed you. You're able to do fewer properties, make more money, and it made your life better. And now you're even trying to capitalize that on more by going to higher end deals uh, that are a whole nother level as an investor. Very yes, important. sir. Very important for newer investors to understand that because I think so often, especially in like the wholesaling arena, which is what I'm in, and it doesn't sound like you've done much wholesaling, but uh, a lot of times they have the mentality of I'm going to go out and I'm going to get as many properties as possible and make my wholesale fee. But if you go out and you acquire appropriately at the right price, you can make more money and in, in wholesale less properties, less headaches, less less transactions to coordinate. It's better better business plan. Uh, I, lo I love that. Two people that have both been in this <laughs> business for a while. I really do like how you put that. I mean, um, getting started, it was all about volume. I needed to do more. I needed to do more. And then I started getting wise like, like you have. And it's not about how many properties I do. It's how much money I make. Who cares how many properties I do as long as I make X amount of dollars. And then I just really started analyzing what can I do to make that X amount of dollars and still have freedom, still have a life. Because that's why we get into this is we want to have a better life. And, exactly. you know, working 80 hours a week isn't a great life. No. And it, it's funny because I get people that look at me kind of sideways sometimes when they say, how many properties you've done the past 12 months? I don't know. I could go look it up. I mean, I have it in my system, but that's not a number that I track and I want to know on a regular basis. I couldn't even tell you how many deals I've done in the past two weeks, to be honest with you, but I can tell you <laughs> how much money I've made. Um, right. And that's just, that's what's the important number. That's why we're in this. And like you said, to make a, have a better life, you know? So let's talk about another aspect of your career in real estate investing, and that's Propelio. Why don't you tell people what Propelio is and then kind of tell the story about how that came about. Yeah, I mean, Propelio is, is, is interesting. It's definitely my, my business partner and I's baby. But two or three years ago, there was some issues in my business, uh, issues that I needed to resolve that software seemed like it would be the solution. And I was in a mastermind at that time and with Nate Worcester, my business partner. And, um, you know, I kind of expressed some of those issues to him. And he's like, well, man, I can, I can solve those issues for you. Just kind of outline how you want it to look and I'll take care of it for you. Because he was a software developer as well as a real estate investor. And a couple of months into that, he had me a prototype of what I was looking for. And uh, as time progressed, I started asking him for more and more in, in as far as the product went. And now, now you see what Propelio is today, and that is the ability to, to get true MLS comps 24 hours a day, seven days a week via real estate brokerage. Uh, so that was a struggle for my business at the time. I was wanting people to work with me. I was wanting to help them out. But how do I get them comps without just overflowing my, my broker? So I talked to my broker and I was like, hey, how can we make this happen? And the broker came in and was like, let's, let's do this. And so we were able to pull together the comps. We were able to pull together the lead management worth a multi-user system. And then the lead lists on top of that, I don't know if you know that, but we do probates, we do affidavits of airship, notice of trustee sales, and appointments to substitute trustees all under the Propelio.com platform. So it's a, it's a, it was not something I'd ever intended on doing. It's not like five years ago I was like, hey, let's build a software company. It was just something that kind of evolved into what it is today. That's awesome. 
So how much of your time do you think on a weekly basis is dedicated to Propelio? Has it truly become like passive income for you, or are you involved on the day-to-day basis of it? It really is both. Uh, like right now, we could essentially shut down the doors to Propelio and have massive amounts of cash flow every month. But we are not satisfied with what Propelio is. We want Propelio to be bigger. So we are putting massive amounts of time into growing this company. So uh, when I say massive amounts of time, I'm working 40 hours a week uh, on Propelio. Uh, and like I'd also said, um, I've, I've, I've really narrowed down the number of real estate investments I'm doing. Not that I'm making less money doing real estate investing. I've just narrowed down the number of deals I'm doing. Like here in 2017, I, I, I personally know how many deals I've done. I've done like four. But those four, and I'm only like little ways, three, three quarters of the way into this year, I've already made almost double what I did last year. I'm doing less, less deals, so it takes less time, but I'm making more money. I'm just, I'm just using my money, my, 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 my time and my money differently than I used to. But with Propelio, I'm, I'm like 40 hours a week on it. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't know if you've noticed that we put together that TV studio um, to kind of get some educational stuff out there, get some, get some stuff like that out there. So um, I really enjoy it. We have a full studio all the time with people coming in. I really look forward to when you come in. Uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a fun time, I think. Look at you. You put me on blast. So, you, so now I have to show up. To everyone that's listening, I am a little bit fearful of the cameras and the lights at his studio. So, but eventually, I, I told Daniel that I will make it out there and I will I will be a part of his uh, show. I think so, you said seven months, right? Seven months. Yeah. Sometime okay. sometime next summer. Uh, I've got maybe. you on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, so for people who aren't familiar, and I'll put a link up there for Propelio, but dive in a little bit more about the service and kind of the cost for a newer investor and how that could help them in their business. And then also, I mean, if they'd like to kind of follow us, um, we can, they can also check out our YouTube channel and stuff like that. I don't know if you know about this, but we're putting together uh, the Propelio Academy. Um, I went through the education circles. I went through the gurus. I paid for a lot of mentorships, and some of them were great. Some of them were absolutely horrible. But I came from a background where most of my friends, including you know most my entire family, we didn't have money. So if one of those traveling salesmen came in saying we can make you rich uh, doing real estate if you give us fifty grand. Well, a lot of the people that want to get rich don't have 50 grand. So I'm really looking forward to putting together this service through the Propelio Academy to educate other people on how to use real estate to get financially free and it not be $50,000, it not even be thousands of dollars. I'm talking about, you know, hop on Propelio.com, look at our academy, and then have access to the education that you want to move forward with it. I, I have that abundance mentality. Uh, give people what they need and, and it'll come first, full circle. When do you anticipate that rolling out? The Academy is in development right now. I hope by the end of this month, early next month, having it live. Uh, right now we have Grant Kemp with uh, Creative Cashflow coming in and doing a full-blown Subject 2 training, Owner Financing Wraps. It's about 75, 80 videos long. He's already shot about 20 of those videos. I mean, all the way from teaching you how to use a 10B2 calculator to how to analyze the deal, how to negotiate the deal, things to concern yourself with contract, all the way into uh, debt servicing it, uh, verifying your loans, verifying your underlying liens, verifying your insurance. He is full-blown teaching this stuff. This isn't a sales pitch. So it is a full-blown educational course. I have already put together the basics course where I go through the, the different strategies and explain what they are. I'm going through how to analyze a deal, how to run comps on it. I'm also going through a foreclosure 
foreclosure training thing. So all of that should be coming out over the next couple of months. That's amazing. Uh, as a, a fellow investor and, and on my side of things, I majority of our revenue is from wholesaling. And so a lot of times when I wholesale a property, it's to a newer investor straight out of an education program. This is something that's desperately needed. There's too many education programs out there that are charging far too much money for not enough education. So from another investor, thank you for creating that, and I hope it's one-tenth of what you just said it's going to be uh, because that's, that's amazing and that's a need. And, and I always tell people as investors, um, we are problem solvers. Uh, by nature. That's what we're supposed to do. We, we solve motivated sellers' problems, distressed properties. We solve that problem. Uh, and, and for you to solve problems for investors, people in your communi community uh, with both Propelio and the Propelio Academy, uh, thank you for everything that you're doing for, for this industry. I, I don't know how to, how to respond to that, man, other than thank you. Um, I, I, I tend to be somewhat humble at times, but um, I, I, I look forward to helping people, and I hope, I hope that other people reciprocate that and they see that. And, you know, it, it kind of takes this real estate investing industry on a new movement. Um, I, I feel ashamed to be associated with those suit-and-tie salesmen that fly around the country saying, you know, give me fifty to $100,000 to, to teach you how to do real estate, when really all they do is... Um, is do everything they can to extract as much of as, as they can out of your back pocket, and I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to. I don't want to be be a part of that. Absolutely, and and on top of that, uh, there's people that are coming out of these education programs that aren't educated enough to become an investor, and so a they're losing losing their life savings, but then they're also tarnishing the name of real estate investor just because they don't understand how to handle a transaction. Um, for the fact that they're spending as much as they are on education, if they're still ignorant in certain aspects of a transaction, and I'm talking all the way down to what what is earnest money, uh, right. what is an option period. I mean, they're they're not educated in just simple basics, and so this is a huge need. It's a it's a passion of mine and everybody within my company. This is why I'm doing the podcast. I, I want to talk to people it. like you. I want to get free free content out there for people to listen. And, and I've learned this just from the few podcast interviews that I've done with other people that have uh, very successful podcast programs. And I've had people reach out to me and thank me for, for what I taught them in my interviews. And I didn't feel like I said anything that was mind-blowing. <laughs> in fact, afterwards I was like, I don't think anybody's going to want to listen to that because I didn't bring any value. And then I have people telling me, no, it was amazing, and you've inspired me to become a wholesaler or a rehabber. And so it's what, I love that. It's, what, it's why I, I decided to do this. To be honest with you, this is not comfortable for me. It's not something that I ever thought I would do. Uh, just like you said with Propelio, it was not something that you had in the in the plans. You just saw a need, and you solved it. For me, I saw something where I could give back. And I could get back to something that I'm passionate about, which is real estate investing. It's the greatest career out there. Like you said, all you go to the financial freedom section at Barnes & Noble, and majority of it says real estate. Yes, at sir. some point in time, it says real estate. And for me, I've always known that. But until I actually got into real estate investing, I did not realize 
the impact that it could have on my life and everybody that works for me. And it's just, it's, it's such a passion for me. And so hearing someone else going out there and doing other things for the industry to make it better, uh, it's very much needed. And I appreciate everything that you're doing there. So um, awesome stuff. Thank you. So one of the things I I, I want to talk to you about as well, because I think this is vitally important for everyone that's new, is what is your why? Why do you do everything that you do? Why are you trying to go out and do seven- and eight-figure deals? Why are you creating Propelio and the Academy and all of these things? What's your why? That is something that I've always had to ask myself for a while. And, you know, the, the answer's changed a little bit over time as I have grown and I have matured and other people have pushed me in different directions. But ultimately, I think my why is, and, and this, this might seem outside of the normal, but uh, is, is growth. Growing up, I was told by a lot of people, a lot of people that did a lot of bad things to me in my life, that I would never be anything. So making sure that I leave this world doing more than anything everybody ever thought I could do is really I think what really drives me beyond beyond money beyond family beyond many other things there was a lot of people that when I was growing up told me I'd be nothing and um, I think really what drives me more than anything is, is my fear of, of that being true I don't ever want to, to die knowing that I was nothing so um, it, it really pushes me to do a lot more than I ever really should well I will say this you have a great story uh, you've proven a lot of people wrong with your with your past so far and everything that you've done and you are doing, so you should be proud of that. If the people that are out there that are listening, if they want to reach out, they want to contact you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, it's best by email, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, at propelio.com. That's P-R-O-P-E-L-I-O.com. Or just going to our website, Propelio.com, and reaching out to us on the forums that we're releasing. Uh, I plan to be very active on those forums, so if you have questions, reach out to us there on the forums on Propelio. Probably due for release uh, mid-September. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule today to talk to us and share your story. Uh, It's truly inspirational for myself and hopefully for everyone that listens. And uh, keep up the good work, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you, RJ, for having me, and thank you for doing this. I think the things that you're doing are going to to help many people. I know it will. I mean, it's people like you that are out there uh, trying to help people versus trying to take advantage of people that I think was what this industry really is about. And I think more of us, just like us, are, are stepping up to make that happen. Yes, sir. Thank you, Daniel. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, RJ. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, R.J. Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.